Good morning. Whew, that was a quick change around, wasn't it? Thanks for being here. It's always awesome to see you guys. Uh, it is warm here. It was cold this morning. Pastor Joy and Roger are on a little vacation, and so we continue to lift them up in prayer and um, pray that they have a great time, that the weather is good, and they can see the beautiful trees uh, up north. It's always good to get away for a little bit. Uh, we have a few announcements in your bulletin. Um, there's quite a few inserts. The Christmas wreaths, trunk or treat, is needing some help. Uh, take a look at those. And um, Maureen, are you ready? Maureen's got a few words of wisdom on Family Fun Night. Good morning. Who wants to play with this? Well, everybody's hand should be up, absolutely. And so I'm using that as a visual to invite you to a special evening next Saturday the 19th to celebrate families. What's wonderful about families is they come in all shapes and sizes. One person, a person and a dog, we're not inviting your pets, however. <laughs> But families are wonderful, amazing things, and God celebrates them all, and so should we. So next Saturday, if you look in your bulletin, there is a little blurb up on the left. It's Family Fun Night, and I'd like you to take the pen out of your pew like I have my pen. There's a mistake, and so we don't want you to be late for Family Fun Night. It says it starts at 6.30. It starts at 6 o'clock. So maybe change that to 6 o'clock so you're ready to rock and roll and come join us. We're going to have time when we're all together and playing in the Family Life Center. We're going to have time where the kids get to be on their own and do their own thing and the families get to be on their own, but everybody is welcome. We're going to have fun, games. We're going to have a light supper at the end and celebrate each other. So um, we're asking you to take some time out of your schedule on Saturday night, the 19th, and come and join us at 6 o'clock in the Family Life Center. If you have any questions, you can call Donna Hamrick or myself. If you would like to RSVP that you need the nursery, we are going to have the nursery available. So if you need to have the nursery, we'd like to know because there's a child-to-adult ratio we need to stay within. So if you're going to need the nursery, call church. And let Jana know that you're going to be here, your whole family. And bring friends. Grab people off the street. As you're driving, pull over and say, you want to come to Family Fun Night? No, don't do that. They'll think you're crazy. But come and join us. We'd like to have as many people as possible and just have a blessed time. Celebrate families in all their wonder. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. And Nathan. Good morning. Uh, so uh, just outside at that nice little table, we have all kinds of, you know, advertisements for things. Uh, Holly, Frank, and I, she's right there. Wave her hand. Um, uh, we put a little announcement. Um, so uh, we've started a small group for young families, and we're having our next meeting on Saturday, October 19th at 11 a.m. at our house. Um, our address is on the sheet. Um, the plan is to do a potluck-style lunch. So if you're interested in coming, we do need to know by this coming Thursday so we can plan accordingly and get a babysitter if we need, if we need one. Um, the whole idea is just to get together. Uh, 
uh, we'll pray um, beginning at the end, uh, like we plan for every small group meeting, and we're just going to decide what kind of study we're going to do. So um, a few ideas have been put out there, so maybe parenting or, um, you know, trying to understand why um, God doesn't sometimes answer our prayers, even though we think he should, um, among other things. So uh, if you're interested, uh, please let us know. Thanks. Lots of fun things happening, especially with families and having togetherness and Bible study time. That's uh, Thank you for sharing that, Nathan. Uh, stand and greet each other and say, it's so good to see you today. Good to see you all. as we prepare our hearts for worship. We have come to this house gathered in his name. How wonderful it is to be together as the body of Christ. Better is one day together. How lovely is your dwelling place. How lovely is your dwelling Better is the one. 
spend time with you, Lord, for your spirit to move amongst us, to draw us together, to stand and sing and praise your name. Just pray. Lift your voice, church. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Jobs and Focus on those words that you're singing. Notice the cross above it. Amazing love that welcomes me. The kindness of mercy that bought with blood wholeheartedly my soul undeserved. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Lift your voice. God, you're so
Should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me. Today we are talking about um, how God works in our lives, and in a little bit you're going to hear about how some of the adults and the youth, how God is actually moving in their life, and they are doing some really cool things. How many of you know the story in the Bible? There's a story about two guys that are fishing, and all of a sudden, they see Jesus, and you know what Jesus says? What does he say? Come, follow me. And what do they do? They do it, don't they? So did you know that God uses even kids like you, your age, to share your faith and to tell your friends and neighbors and families all about him? Do you know that? God used a lot of kids in the Bibles in the Bible, and do you know when Jesus was just 13, he was actually in the temple preaching. So we're going to say, how does that work for me? How does that work for you? And so we are going to use dominoes to see how one person tells another and how that word traveled way over there in the Mideast, way over there in Jesus' days. How did it get all the way over here into the United States? Boat, walking, and sharing. So I have a cute little domino. You see him, he is so happy. He's holding his cross, and he is way over here. I think he's gonna stand up. Is he tired? But you know what? He doesn't even know this boy. Is this boy happy or sad? He's kind of sad because you know what? He has no idea who Jesus is. He doesn't even have a Bible. He 
doesn't even know how good God is. So what are we going to do, kids? What are we going to do? Okay, this is where you come in, Catherine. So if this little boy, who knows his Bible so well, and he's been coming to church a lot, let me set these up. What happens if he began to share his faith with his friend? <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. So it's like the domino effect, as you can all figure out, that when one shares and the other one shares, and now that little boy is in the middle, he has heard that, and everyone then goes to spread the word. Is that the goal of things? It is. But what happens when, we're going to try this again, what happens when you have friends that live way across the end of the world? How are we going to let them know that? Give me some ideas. How are we going to let them know? How are we going to let them know? Does anybody have a friend that lives in Africa? Anybody have a friend that lives in Great Britain? Anybody have a friend? Anybody out there have a friend that lives overseas? Yes. Where at? Mexico. Mexico. So we have friends in lots of different places. And so what happens when we share our faith and it goes around the world? <laughs> As you can see, the dominoes, dominoes are in place because like that little boy, they need to hear the message. They want to know what God is saying to them. And the only way they're going to know, even all the way around the world, is that God loves them, is to share it. Now, we have a thing called Facebook, which some of us adults can use. But how are you going to share your faith? Hudson, how are you going to share your faith to your neighbor or, or the boy that sits next to you in class? You just talk to him. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? And that's what you do. Can you guys do that? Can you say, you know what? When I prayed for my grandma, this is what happened. Do you know what? When we had to move to a different school, this is what happened. And you just share your faith. So let's see if this is going to work. Do you think, do you think this is going to go all the way around the world? Let's, let's see if it So we had, we, it did, yes. We had to work at it a little bit. But that is what God has called us to do, to be disciples, not just to our own families or the children in our own lives, but all around the world. And that's the message we have today. So if you guys want to go ahead and, and put your hands together, we're going to say a little prayer, and you can head off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the families and children that are here today. We thank you for the ways you work in their lives. They truly are ministers to the little ones here in our world. So I ask that you continue to bless them, raise them up um, for your will.
be with them wherever they go. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. As the kids leave, we have a chance to think about God as our Father. We learned about that as Jesus taught us to pray to the Father. It creates a relationship that, of love and care. And I guess the most amazing thing is, is that God knows our name. Each one of us. Each one of us is an important domino in that line. As the world learns about Jesus. I have a next verse. I have a father. He calls me his own. Just proclaim this truth in your heart. I have a father. He calls me his own. He'll never leave me. No as we come to the time of our service, we're going to have testimonies, Lord. Your people standing in front of us, sharing what you're doing in each one of our lives. Lord, we thank you that we can call you Father. We can trust you to always walk by our side. Thank you for Jesus, our Savior. We give you this time now, testimony and truth. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated.
Sunday today, if you look on the back of your bulletin, uh, there is a ministry leadership team, ministers of the church. Who is that? It's all you guys. You are the ministers of the church, the whole congregation, and that's why we are celebrating Laity Sunday. Uh, you guys are doing a lot of work in the church and beyond, out, on the, out in the world, in the people that have come into your own path. And so we, we're going to celebrate you and see how God is working in different lives. So let's listen as we hear about how Tricia and God are working together. Good morning. Okay, so uh, I am here today to talk to you about our Good Sheep class. Um, some of you have been here a while and you know what our Good Sheep class is about, um, but others might be the first time you've heard of this. Um, our Good Sheep class is a class for disabled people. Um, so we have a lot of different disabilities in our class. Um, our, our kids, we call them kids, a lot of them are older than me, but to us they're kids. Um, they think on, they, they kind of think like three-year-olds to, you know, teenagers. Um, and so being able to share God's word with these kids is a very special thing. Um, lots of them have different handicaps. Um, they can't, maybe they can't use their hands. Maybe they can't stand. We have some that are in wheelchairs, we, so they can't walk. Um, and, and, and they just are so heartwarming and special. Uh, you might have seen them coming to communion. We bring them down once a month for communion, and um, that's a really special time for us. These kids uh, come in the back of the church with, where the handicap ramp is. We have a classroom down there, and then they usually just leave from there. So I had been talking to the kids about how they are part of a church. They are part of a church family, um, but they never see our church. They Very seldom do we really get out of our rooms, so that's why we decided to let them come down here and have communion with you all. And... Um, the first time that we did communion down here, I think it was last December, uh, when we went back into the classroom, they all sat down and said, thanks, Trish. Thanks for taking us down there. That was fun. They really loved coming down here. Um, so we've been doing it every month since then. And also last December, uh, one of my girls, Nikisha, she came uh, to church one morning and says, Trish, I wrote you a poem. I wrote a poem about church. And she hands it to me. And you might have seen this printed in the church newsletter um, a few months back. If you didn't see it, I'm going to read it because I think this is very important. And this really kind of encompasses how these kids feel. Not only Nikisha, but I think they all feel this way. Um, so this is, this is what Nikisha wrote. She says, this is what church means to me, my father God. Church means to me a sacred place where I can be with my church family and friends to pray and talk to God, my Lord and my Father, so that someday I can be in a better place where I can walk and be able to be pain-free 
and be able to do things in heaven that I cannot do on earth. Hopscotch, jump rope, and spend time with family and friends that went there before me. And tell them what I never got to tell them before, like I love them, and that's what church means to me. By Nikisha Bragg. Then she drew a picture of the church on here. Um, and I have treasured this letter very, very closely. And when I, got to, when I found out that I was able to get up here and talk about my kids, I uh, wanted to share this with you guys. Um, so it's a really interesting thing when God stirs you and when, when you hear the call. There's many different opportunities in this church to um, get involved and, and um, be, be part of what's going on. The Sunday school, the food pantry, the bus ministry, um, the list goes on and on and on. So if you hear the call from God, um, just, just come. Do whatever it is that God's calling you to do and do it the best you can do. Um, give it your all, and, and you might find that it's a lot of fun, like I do with our kids. Um, if you ever knew who Jean McKay was or Cynthia Gross, those are two ladies who have helped in our Good Sheep class for many years. This class has been here for 30 years, um, and I've only been in it for the last four years. My daughter, Caitlin, was in it for a couple of years before I got there, and it's kind of a long story on how all that worked, but Caitlin loved her time in the class, and I really loved my time in the class. Um, but when, when I got into the class, Jean McKay was one of the helpers in there, and she helped a lady named Eileen. Eileen was 80-something years old. I think she died at 88, so she was 88 when I got into this class. She wasn't in there too long. And one day, uh, Juanita Sharp, she's the one who started this class, so she's had it for 30 years, and Juanita was teaching me how to teach the class. So my first day in class, Juanita tells me, go around and get each kid's prayer. They all have something they want to pray for. And so I, um, first, first one I started with was Eileen, and Eileen, um, she says, I want to pray for the teachers, and I want to pray for Daddy Sharp. And I just thought it was really interesting to hear an uh, 80-year-old lady call Al Sharp Daddy Sharp. So if you ever hear me call Al Daddy Sharp, that would be why I call him that. But um, not, not long after that, Nikisha comes ro rolling into Sunday school, and she says to me, Trish, Eileen died on Wednesday night. And I was holding her hand, and she told me to tell you goodbye. And it really, um, it, it touched my heart in a very strong way. That Wednesday night, I was thinking about going to visit Eileen, but I was here at church with, our, with the dinner, and I just, I didn't, I didn't go over. Um, and I will always regret that I didn't go to visit Eileen that night. But just the, the fact that um, these, these kids, real life happens to them. They all live in a group home together. Our church bus goes over and picks them up and brings them here. Um, so they wouldn't be able to be here without our church bus. Um, and so I'm very thankful to all the drivers and the driver helpers that pick them up and get them here every Sunday because the kids love coming. This is about the only time out of the week that they get to go do something different. Normally they go out of their house to work at the ark and then they go home. And so Sunday mornings when they come to church, it's a very special, special time for them. 
Uh, and I'm just going to tell one more quick story, and then I'll shut up because I can talk about these kids forever. Um, a few weeks ago, I put a plea into the church Facebook page um, to donate shirts. This was, I seen God um, very clear and loudly in this particular instance. I ended up getting more shirts donated to me for these kids than what I even knew to do with. Um, so every kid is able to have one of the green uh, Christ Church all-in shirts. They were so happy when we gave them their shirts and told them, you're a part of this church. And you see everybody with shirts out there, now you have your own shirt too. And I told the kids, next Sunday wear your shirts to church because we're going over to see the gym. And so the next Sunday comes, kids all wear their shirts to church, and uh, we go over to the gym. And I have to tell you guys, um, this gym, building this thing, was a lot of work. It was, it was a lot of stress for a lot of people. And, um, but now it's here. Um, we've got it built. And when we opened the doors to take our kids into the gym, they were amazed. They were, they were like, wow, this is neat. They just loved it. And it brought tears to my eyes how much they loved it. It made all that stress worth it for that moment. And um, my little Juanita comes over to me and she gives me a hug. She says, Trish, this is so neat. I don't know why I'm crying. I said, Juanita, me too, sweetie. It was just so neat. Then uh, Nikisha looks at me and Nikisha says, Trish, there's a stage over there and I can get on it. And I said, yeah, you can. And Nikisha took off in her wheelchair across the gym. She goes up the handicap ramp. She comes onto the stage, and she says, I get to see what it's like up here. Big old smile on her face. So we got all the kids together and all the helpers and took a class picture. Um, and I'm sure pretty soon you'll see it down the hallway um, in the pictures that we post down there. You're going to see the kids with all the shirts that have been donated to them. Um, visiting the Family Life Center, and I can't wait to get them back. We were only able to explore the bottom half that day. We're going to take them back again. They get to see the top. And I hope we get to go in there many more times and, and play. And um, I hate to quit talking now, but Rich has some stuff to say, and I just love these <laughs> and I love these kids, and um, I thank this church, and they thank you for all that you do for them. Um, and I'll end with that. Thank you. Good morning. One night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking on the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his life. Each scene he noticed that there was two sets of footprints in the sand. One, to, one for him and one for the Lord. When the last scene flashed before his life, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times during that path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He noticed that it happened in the lowest and saddest times of his life. 
This really bothered him. And they questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that times in my most troublesome times in my life, there was only one set of footprints. And I don't, and I don't understand when I needed you the most, you would leave me. And the Lord replied, my son, my precious child, I would never leave you during your times of trial and suffering. For you see, the only one set of footprints was mine. It's when I carried you. October 1981, at the age of 21, a great uncle of mine had passed away, and I was a pallbearer for his funeral. When I was in his home, I read this poem, Footprints in the Sand, on a plaque that he had. At that time, I knew that God had been with me and was going to be with me. Later on, on a walk to Emmaus weekend, I learned about something called provenient grace. It's when God has been wooing us into a relationship with him. Over the past 25 years, I've been a part of Walk to Emmaus and served on numerous teams, a weekend lay leader, a community lay leader. And if you've not been on Emmaus weekend, I encourage you to pray about going on a weekend. I will tell you this, it is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. There are several members of the church who have been through an Emmaus weekend and would love the opportunity to visit with you. The past five years, I've been doing Kairos ministry. Kairos is very similar to Emmaus. It's a four-day weekend, except we do it in medium max prisons. The only difference between an Emmaus weekend and a Kairos weekend is Kairos is on steroids. A couple of years back, I took a 35-plus-year friend of mine, of mine on a Kairos weekend, and I told him in advance that we will not take in Jesus Christ. He looked at me, and I said, I'm going to remind you, we will not take in Jesus Christ because he's already there. We'll take in some heaven. If you want to learn more about a Kairos weekend, I'm going to point to him, but he's not here today. Daryl Dimmitt, he's been on a weekend. Daryl's comment to me at the end of the weekend, he says, I wish I could go on every one of these. Mark Thompson is on the, this fall's team. He's on his second team. He's been. Visit with Mark. Dean Sutton. Dean is the guy that said to me afterwards, thank you for hounding me for three years before I decided to go. On a Kairos weekend, we take in over 400 dozen cookies, homemade cookies. And we have people like Diana Sutton, Jan Lindstrom, Diane Ducey, Margaret Bauman, and many others who are Christchurch cookie elves. They make between 20 and 40 dozen cookies for us that are a green mint chocolate chip. They're a big hit, let me tell you. On one of our weekends, one of the residents told us that we should have bumper stickers made. And we all look at each other. Ask me how cookie saves lives. So we had bumper stickers made. 
Oftentimes I've said we get caught up in doing church work and miss the opportunity to do the work of the church, the church to the world. Pastor Rogers has mentioned before that we need to hold each other accountable in our walk with Christ. And believe me, I need that as much as anybody else, if not more. A few years ago, while I was working in Kansas City, I was at a gas station one morning getting gas and across from the gas station to McDonald's. And I come into the side of the drive-thru and a lady come around the building and she thought I was cutting the line in front of her and she makes a few gestures at me and says a few things. And I apologize. She went on through the line and I'm sitting there and I talking with God and God points something out to me. I got out of my car and walked around the passenger side of her car and tapped on the window. She lowered the window and I said, I apologize. I did not mean to be cutting a line. But I would pray for you that you get a better understanding of what that cross is that's hanging from your rearview mirror. After I got my food and I come out of the line, she was standing outside of her car waiting for me. I get out. She comes up to me and she thanks me for pointing that out to her. And we spend time right there praying for each other. Pastor Rogers also talked about it's never wrong to follow God's impulses. My wife Cindy has pointed out to me well over 15 years ago, how many times do you, you or you hear someone say, I will pray for you? But do they really? Do they give out those words and leave and don't follow up? Well, since that point in time, I have, I've stopped and I pray over the phone or wherever I'm at. Cindy and I were traveling and we spent the night in Wentzville, Missouri. We're at the hotel having breakfast. And I got visiting with several men who were Presbyterian pastors and they were there for a meeting. They were having their district meeting. God gave me an impulse. I told them that we pray for our pastors, and I asked that if we could pray for them. They were overwhelmed, so we knelt and prayed for them. Last month, Cindy and I were in St. Louis, and again, having breakfast at a hotel. A table of four that was seated next to me and one of the gentlemen I knew, he didn't know me, and his name is John Hayden, Jr., and he is the police commissioner for the city of St. Louis. And three of his upper staff man upper management team for his staff. We acknowledged each other. And as we're getting ready to leave, God's impulse, I introduced myself and Cindy to the commissioner. And I told him that we pray for our leaders. And I asked that if we could pray for them. He said, absolutely, yes. We knelt at their table and we prayed for them. Afterwards, I noticed that others in the restaurant had stopped and bowed their heads. The restaurant staff had stopped where they were at. The commissioner sto stood and told me, I sincerely thank you and may God bless you. It wasn't until later that I found out that he was a deacon of his own church.
I encourage you to follow God's impulses. I am truly blessed by these things that have happened in my life, and I can't wait to see what else God has planned for me and for you. God bless. Oh, following God's impulses and the power of prayer. Thank you so much, Richard, for sharing that with us. Um, ushers, if I could have your help, we will enter into a time of prayer for the offering. I need four gentlemen to do the offering. Let's say a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. The ways that you work in our life and the ways that you bless us um, sometimes overpower us. So Lord, help us to look closely within our heart, within our own um, blessed providence that you have given us. Allow us to give back as we come upon this time of offering, Lord. We praise you, and we love you, and we just want to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.
would be his song, this next part. Would you stand and see whether you can sing it along with him? Because God is always by your side. He will always stand beside you. This is what he'd sing. I can sing in the troubled times. Sing when I win. I can sing when I lose my stand and fall down again. I can sing because you pick me up. Sing because you're there. I can sing because you hear me, Lord, when I call to you in prayer. Yeah, I can sing with my last breath. Sing for I know that I sing with the angels and the saints around your throne. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? person that will be coming forward to speak, I know her heart is singing. So please welcome Diane Thompson. Good morning. My journey began in one day in October of 2016. I woke up and I knew I needed God in my life, but I had no idea what that meant. A few months would pass, and I would learn what would bring me comfort was to embrace that feeling. In February of 2017, I was diagnosed with an aggressive breast cancer, and I had a tumor in a less than, likely lo less than ideal location as it was located on my chest wall. An abbreviated version of Romans 12.12 would carry me through this battle. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. They would have to shrink the tumor before they could remove it. This would involve 20 weeks of chemo. The first eight weeks would be very aggressive. After six weeks, we found that the chemo did not work and it had grown 50% in size. We would move on to the next phase, which was 12 weeks of a less aggressive chemo. Two weeks into that, I ended up, as a result of the side effects, I had passed out and on the way down, rolled my ankle and broke it. I was unable to put weight on my leg for several months to follow and was in a wheelchair. I often like to joke about it and say, without a doubt, I said something I should not have put my foot in my mouth and God had to break it to get it out. <laughs> Humor carried me as well. I finished chemo and then I had surgery to remove the tumor, then radiation, and a couple weeks after I began radiation, I had surgery to repair the ankle. 
then finished the radiation, had physical therapy, and then developed a blood clot. All of this took place in just under a year. It was so much, and my husband and I were just in such awe of the support our family and friends had, divided, had provided, and there were so many blessings along the way. So where am I today? I'm doing well, my scans are promising, and the blood clot has dissolved. However, I am reminded that I'm not out of the woods, but I'm at peace, whatever God has in store for me. Every day is such a gift, and I serve whenever I can. Whenever that fear or anxiety creeps in, I wrote a poem that would remind me of the peaks and valleys and where this journey has led me today. I'd like to take this as an opportunity to thank my church family, as they were so instrumental in my inspiration that carried me through this journey and you all hold a special place in my heart because of it. It's called My Journey, My Faith. As I received the diagnosis, I wondered if this would end my time, and then I reflect for purpose. Is there something special about me that will make my memory shine? If you ask a mother her legacy, her children shall proudly name. No pressure to them intended, perhaps a worldly invention or a cure will be theirs to claim. <laughs> Being a mom has been my greatest role in life, and I hope for valuable lessons taught. The outcome that I pray for is that they love God and they're kind to others, for this is how faith can be found and also can be sought. It is with so much gratitude that I share so many have done so very much on this journey that I have faced. I have no way to repay them except to pay it forward and hope that I travel with dignity and with grace. My treatments are complete, and now I wait for the scans and the results of this planned success. I am at peace with God's design, for I only seek happiness. I am so very lucky. I have very few regrets, and I have an amazing life. For where I am today is bliss. I'm a grandma, I'm a mom, and I'm a very loving wife. My future and my fate have been laid out for me, and I seek yet do not know. Experience has taught me that this and whatever comes my way are opportunities for my faith to grow. Amen, and God bless. That's a good one. <laughs> it really has been such an honor to be on that journey with Diane, to pray with her. And look, she's walking. She's on the track walking. God is amazing. Let's enter into a time of prayer. If we could bow our heads, please. Heavenly Father, we just love you. We see the grace before you. Allow us to just take a deep breath. To sit and be with you. In the quiet and in the silence, we hear you speak. Lord, we see your amazing work through the many people of our church. And this is where real life is. So, Lord, this day we, we are honored that you allow us to be your hands and feet. As I think about my week, the many people that 
have been woven in and through. The laughter of children, the uh, crazy and deep discussion with youth, listening to music, praying by the bedside of someone very sick. Lord, you're in the midst of that, in the joys and in the concerns, in the heaviness of life. So as I think about those in our church, I lift up Josie, who is not here with us today in the band. I lift up Dennis Kindred and his family. And Lord, Allow us to lift up the names that are on our own hearts and minds right now. Lord, we hear you. Will you hear me? Thank you, Lord, that you answer prayer in your own timing of your own will, but we stand before you. and ask that you hear our prayer. So join me now in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jose, is he here today? Are you ready? Come on up. Good morning, church. My name, my name is Jose Rosales, and I'm here to share with y'all my testimony. So, growing up, I really seen life like at a, like not the best, like best way. I grew up with a single mother in a low income household. My father, my father had left uh, my family when I was like three years old, and that. That really was like stressful for my mother and also for me growing up uh, it was hard to uh, live without like somebody to look up to like I didn't have a role model in my neighborhood uh, there wasn't really like any like any anything positive to like look forward to. I, there was a lot of like drama and gang violence, and um, it was just. I I grew up in East. Well, I still live in East Moline, but down there where I live, uh, it was it was hard. I've seen like a lot of things with like drugs and just like gang related stuff. I didn't really see anything that was like I said positive, and going through this. Like going to going to school and stuff like that, it was hard for me to like focus, cause I was hurt like inside. There was something missing, and I knew there was something missing, and 
as years went on, uh, there was this one day where things changed for me and my family. Uh, me and my friends were outside playing, and this big old van drives by, and it says Youth Hope. And this lady named Ms. Barb, she pulled over, and she asked me and my friends what were our names and how old we were. So we told her, and then she asked if she could speak to our parents. And then we were all just like, this lady's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> so we let her talk to our parents, and we like later finally understood like what youth hope is, because we were just like, what is youth hope? Like, we never heard of it. And it turns out to be a Christian place. But at the time, I mean, I grew up in the church, but I didn't really pay attention to it, you know, because um, I, like, I like playing sports, as I'm pretty sure all y'all pretty know, if, if you know me personally. Uh, at this church I was going to, there was like a gym and stuff, so I only went because I wanted to use the gym. I didn't pay attention to the church stuff. But when I went to Youth Hope, uh, they were, like, through Youth Hope, I was able to, you know, seek help. And, like, instantly, I seen, like, positive people. You know, I wasn't used to seeing people who were positive, and, like, they were just very inspirational and stuff, and they were willing to help me out. Um, through Youth Hope, they provided, like, a lot, you know, whether it was getting Christmas gifts because, like I said, I didn't, like, there was never no presents underneath the trees for me and my family and my little brother because my mom couldn't afford it. Um, they make sure we had presents and stuff like that. Um, uh, I met, like, really cool people through their, through Youth Hope that have cared for me and, like, great mentors and stuff. They, ta they taught me how to drive. Uh, my mom, we don't have any transportation. My mom takes a city bus. Um, I don't know. It was it was just kind of crazy, to be honest with you. Like my mom, seeing that's the, she's probably like the strongest lady I know personally, to be honest with you. Uh, in two thousand and two thousand and seven, there had been a flood in the Watertown area, and at, at the time my mom was working two jobs, and um, she had to quit both of them. Well, she got fired. No, one of them closed down, and then she was working at Ryan's. And the flood had happened. We woke up in the morning, and there was just, like, water everywhere. And my mom was supposed to go to work that day. But they, they gave her a call and asked her, like, why isn't she at work? And she said, there's no way for me to get to work. And the dude had told her, well, if you can't make it to work, we're going to have to let you go. Like, you can take a boat or something. And my mom wasn't rocking. She said, okay, that's fine. So they let her go. And it was tough, you know, because even though we were getting help and stuff from, like, I don't know how we was getting help, but we were just living still in the apartment and stuff. Thank you for that. But uh, it's kind of tough. But anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how Christ has affected my life. So anyways, through Youth Hope, all right. So I was attending Youth Hope, and then at first it was kind of hard because you know my I was like 
doing like I was doing at my other church. I was attending because there was a gym. I wasn't really taking in, taking in what they were telling me because I was too young to like quite understand. But I've been going to Youth Hope for like, this is like my 11th year. And so like my fourth year going, there was a dude named Joe Woods. You know, he was like the funniest dude I know, but he was very like, he was a positive person as well. And I was just like, there was one day I was talking to him. I was like, Joe, like, why do you always seem so happy? He was like, he said, he said, he said, I don't, he said, to be honest with you, like, I'm living, I'm living like for Christ. He said something like, I live for Christ or something. And I was just like, okay. But uh, I still, I still kept on going to Youth Hope. And then they invited me to work. I mean, they invited me to go to Camp Summit. And Camp Summit is a really cool place. It's, uh, you have to do boating and stuff like that and, like, all like all types of fun activities and stuff. And so I attended there, and it was a life-changing experience. So I was assigned to the group. My counselor at the time, his name was Reed. Uh, like, we do worship and stuff. And, like, the third night of worship, I was really, I really enjoyed the music and stuff that was playing. And then uh, one of the dudes had gave their testimony and talked about, and their story was similar to mine is, and they, and then they talked about who, how God has changed them. And as they was talking, I was, I was tearing up, and my counselor pulled me aside because he had seen that I was so broken, and he talked to me about, like, how to, you know, become a Christian and, uh, and how to, like, give your trust to God and stuff. And that's, that's just how my journey, that's where it started. So from that day, I committed and gave my life to Christ and currently still living for God. So, yeah. So thank you. That's just a little bit of myself. Uh, thank you for that. That's awesome. Wow, obstacles. Christ allows us to overcome those obstacles, but giving your life to Christ. Thanks, Jose. Megan. Morning, everybody. So, um, I might get a little emotional, but um, my friend was gonna kill herself, and I told her, I said, no, don't do that. And I felt so heartbroken, she was crying. Her mom called her names like a, her mom called her a whore. And I felt so sorry. And she was crying. And I told her, I said, some moms don't mean with, sometimes moms say that, but they don't really mean it. But I told, and then she's like, did your mom call you a whore? I said, no. But I call my mom names, she calls me names, but she doesn't really mean it. And I told her, I said, I said that whenever you need or talk or anything, I'm always here. I'm always open. And if she did, I would have been so heartbroken and really sad. So I'm really glad that I reached out to Karen. Thank you for helping me. Um, my other friend, she was gonna. She said she wanted to die. I said no, you're not doing that. And she said no one doesn't care. I said I care about you. And I told her, I said whatever you need me, I'm open on anything. Just text me, whatever. 
And I know that Jesus is counting on me to help other people out and pray for them. And it's really, I'm really happy that I helped my two friends out. And it, I just feel really sad that she was going to do that, but I told her, no, don't. And I just felt really, really sad. And so I just didn't want her to do that. I said, no, you're not doing that. And she said, she, she told me, thank you. I said, no problem. And I'm glad that I helped her out. Thank you. God is strong. God is with you. When you lean on, when you lean on him, he makes it happen. These are some things that the youth deal with. Sometimes we don't realize that, but these are strong Christians in our church. And what an awesome way to celebrate today and see how God is moving in their life. So we honor you and all of you that go about the world and share your love with everyone. one of these lives that shared was Christ as a cornerstone you stand as we sing my hope is built on nothing less
you all for sharing and just knowing that God is always present with us wherever we are. So absolutely share your story, share your faith, inspire somebody, make God smile. And everyone says, Amen. <laughs> 